Hi, this is Peter Schwartz, public address announcer for the Cosmos, and you're listening to the First Team Podcast. Cosmos Country, welcome back to another edition of First Team Podcast. This episode is going to be dedicated solely to the National Premier Soccer League because uh, there was a NPSL board retreat in New Orleans, Louisiana. Dennis Crowley, the owner of Kingston Stockade, has posted some things on social media regarding this retreat, regarding the event. So we will um, take some things out of that event because there has not been any official announcement or any news from it. The NPSL board is pretty tight-lipped on uh, what they talked about. We will try to discuss the board retreat and what Dennis Crowley has put out there. So we will try to speculate on that front. Um, the New York Cosmos, they played uh, the first match in the Members' Cup, and the Cosmos, or Cosmos B, beat... Chattanooga FC won nil uh, thanks to Junior Burgos. He scored a goal in the 84th minute. And the Cosmos will return home this weekend, August 17th, at 7 p.m. Eastern Time at Mitchell Athletic Complex. And they will take on the Milwaukee Torrent. So buy your tickets, support the boys in green, and it should be another um, exciting matchup in um, Cosmos country and in the members cup so I'm gonna go with a Cosmos victory by a score of two to one I think the Cosmos are going to continue uh, their streak or not their streak but their winning streak within the members cup um, and try to win their first two games and then um, on August 31st they're gonna go to Michigan and I believe all of the Michigan stars home matches are midweek I could be wrong on that one no, August 31st is a Saturday. So, yeah. I thought I heard before that all Michigan Stars matches were going to be midweek because they're playing in an indoor facility. It's called Ultimate Soccer Arenas. But it looks like uh, the away match after the Torrent is on the weekend. So, it should be a very exciting time in the Members Cup. And I think going into this first match... Personally, I didn't know what to expect. Um, the quality on the field. We know the Cosmos. We know who they have. But we don't play Chattanooga every single day. We don't play Detroit CFC every single day. right? We don't play these clubs on a consistent basis. So when the Cosmos go up against these clubs, I think we still don't know how it's going to go. But I think in the first match against Chattanooga FC... By the scoreline being one nothing late in the second half, and uh, Junior Burgos having to score in the 84th minute to lift the New York Cosmos to a 1-0 victory, that shows that there's a competitive edge to this tournament. And I hope that continues. I hope the Torrent is a challenge for the Cosmos at home. I hope the Stars are a challenge 
on August 31st in Napa Valley and Detroit City FC. And I know a lot of Cosmo supporters might be saying, what are you talking about, John? Why do you want a challenge? Why don't you want to win these matches by a massive scoreline? Because we've been doing that in the classic season, and that doesn't get us far, right? If you fast forward to last summer, right? The New York Cosmos played in the classic season, and then we came out of our division, our conference, whatever you want to call it, and uh, we played, I think it was FC Motown in the Northeast final. So it's the final from our region. The Cosmos don't play FC Motown on a consistent basis within our division, but from our region, we had to face FC Motown. And the Cosmos got beat by FC Motown. The Cosmos were fielding, I would say, a more professional team than the rest of the league, right? A more professionalized environment. So we had decent players. This season, we have a bigger budget than last season. And you can see it with the players that we have. To lose in the final against Miami FC, it shows that, I think, they don't have the same type of competition on a consistent basis. And I know a lot of NPSL fans would say, what are you talking about? Are you knocking down the NPSL? I'm not. As a professional club, you need to play against competitive sides. And yeah, the NPSL is a decent uh, platform for grassroots clubs that are never going to attract a a top flight, let's say. Um, and I never want to use these terms, but in the current environment with U.S. soccer and with the professional league standards, you're never going to see a small town play in NISA or in um, USL or Major League Soccer, and that's sad, right? And with promotion relegation, and if the NASL can win this lawsuit, then the professional league standards would be striked down, which means U.S. Soccer most likely can't um, sanction a, a professional league with the professional league standards, where an owner has to have a certain net worth, and a stadium has to have a certain stadium size. Across the world, maybe they have those requirements. Maybe they have a stadium size requirement. But I don't think they have extreme rules regarding uh, club ownership. I know in England they have some sort of test if you're fit to be an owner of a club. I don't know what they have on this test. I don't know what type of questions. But I just guess that they want to know if you know what you're doing by owning a soccer team. I think that's the purpose of the federation is to just oversee um, soccer in the country and make sure the stakeholders are working together and, and, and everything's running the right way and not um, hurting the game. Because I've heard rumors, and, I, and I've said this on last week's episode with Cardiac, is that I heard rumors, and I don't know how true these are, that U.S. soccer, they told an insurance company not to insure the Founders Cup, let's say, because I don't think it was called the Members Cup at that point, to not ensure a professional league, maybe within the MPSL or outside of the MPSL, because before it wasn't supposed to be associated with the MPSL. Now it is. That's where the U.S. Soccer Federation shouldn't interfere with stakeholders in the game that are all fighting for the same mission, which is improving soccer and um, just having successful clubs and leagues in different markets across the country. Talking about my uh, chat with Carter Krishnire on last week's episode, I have a tweet from Denny C. Hernandez. You can follow him on Twitter. His name is Dennis Hernandez. He tweeted this at First Team Podcast regarding that episode. He said, another great episode. One thing I didn't agree with 
was that the Cosmos should be in New York City. Long Island could work and has done well attendance-wise this past NPSL season. If a small 5K stadium can be built in Long Island, close to the LIRR, the club can do just as well as being in NYC. Dennis, I guess you have a point, and Cardiff mentioned this as well, that land is hard to get in New York City, and we know that for sure, that land is hard to get a hold of and build a stadium. I think NYCFC, they're having the same problems, where I think they need to build a stadium. NYCFC has to build a soccer-specific stadium as soon as possible. I really don't think NYCFC is ever going to get a soccer-specific stadium. I feel like the problem with Major League Soccer is that they accepted NYCFC without a soccer-specific stadium. And this is not a Major League Soccer podcast. But the point I'm trying to make is that Major League Soccer, and this is how crazy U.S. soccer and all the stakeholders are, is where they change the rules around to hurt growth of the game, right? To hurt the growth of the game in the United States. So the Cosmos were rebooted in the NASL. We're playing in Hofstra. You have NYCFC joining Major League Soccer or Major League Soccer accepting NYCFC as an expansion side. As we know, they're co-owned by the New York Yankees and uh, Manchester City's owners, City Football Group, and they're playing in Yankee Stadium. Yankee Stadium is not a great stadium to host matches in. Yeah, it is cool for a one-off friendly. But I saw a clip on Twitter of a match where a NYCFC player was tracking down an opponent, and I think he slipped or tried to slide or something like that, and the turf just came up, and it looked really bad for a top-flight stadium. And you have to keep in mind that Major League Soccer, their matches are shown across the world, right? Especially in England. And, and I know there's probably not that many English MLS fans, but there probably are a handful of them. And if they look at that product, especially NYCFC's field conditions, and you can compare that to other top-flight facilities and stadiums and fields in Europe, in England, it's an embarrassment. So going back to the Cosmo situation in uh, New York City, this all combines into one, is that I think NYCFC will never get a stadium or a soccer-specific stadium because land is hard to get. And I feel like the Cosmos, as the New York City Originals, I think that they need to puff out their chests and they need to, maybe not right now, right? I think the Cosmos having their own facilities, their own stadium, I think that's a long ways away. And that's sad. But I think the most important thing is trying to find a place of where the Cosmos can call home long term. And that place is a league. What league will the Cosmos be successful in for the long term? Is that NISA? Is that a professional league that's not sanctioned by the U.S. Soccer Federation, but is sanctioned by the Amateur Soccer Association? And I think once they can sort that out and we have the lawsuit settled, then I think the Cosmos can eventually think about and possibly uh, propose a stadium. And when uh, Dennis talks about Long Island could work and Long Island has done well attendance-wise this past NPSL season. Yeah, but I think the problem with New York City is that if you're in Long Island, and I think you really can't be in one perfect area because say you're in Long Island, it's going to be hard to get for certain people. If you're in Queens or if you're in, say, Staten Island, for example, the Forgotten Borough, it's going to be hard for some people to get to. So I guess there's not a perfect place to put a stadium. But I think in the New York City area, 
your stadium needs to be near mass transportation. Um, because New York City is a major hub, right? People are coming from New Jersey, maybe people are coming from Pennsylvania, Connecticut, other places in New York City, right? Other boroughs. You have a lot of people coming to New York City to do business, to work, to live, um, just for tourism, just to have a great day out. And I think the Cosmos need to be a part of that. They need to square off or circle off their area of New York City and call that Cosmos country. If that's Long Island, embrace that. Play to the Long Island market and be Long Island's team. You know what I mean? It's sort of like the Red Bulls and the New York Giants and the New York Jets. I'm not saying that the Cosmos should change their name, but what I'm trying to say is that the Red Bulls, they play in New Jersey. They play in Harrison, New Jersey, but they don't really um, play to the, the New Jersey market because their whole branding and their whole marketing campaign is New York City, New York. That's how they draw players, and that's how they, they try to get sponsors on board and things like that. I really don't want the Cosmos to be like that, um, and, and I think that's why they need to just square off their area of New York City and embrace that and try to be a part of that community and put their stadium there and build something special. I don't think there's anything wrong with that because you have clubs across the world. You have the English Premier League that has a handful of London clubs. You have West Ham. You have Tottenham. You have... Uh, Chelsea and Arsenal, you had Fulham last season, now they're relegated. So you have a handful of clubs, now you have Crystal Palace as well in South London. These clubs just section off their side of London, and they call that area home. And people around the stadium, they're in love with that club. And that's cool. And there's a culture to that, there's excitement, there's rivalries, and the rivalries are not forced. And I think rivalries in U.S. soccer are forced. In Major League Soccer, for sure. I saw a tweet. Someone said there's going to be an expansion team or whatever. And they're like, oh, so they're going to have a rivalry in their first season? And that's how Major League Soccer works is that they add a team. There's a rivalry. They promote it. They have rivalry week. I guess it's presented by Heineken or something like that. And they made this big deal about it. Imagine if the Premier League or if um, La Liga would say, Oh, El Clasico, El Clasico week. We have Barcelona and Real Madrid playing against each other. And then they have other derbies throughout um, or big matches throughout the league on that weekend. It would be insane. You know what I mean? It would be really insane that they're promoting this gimmick of a weekend. That's my take on all of that. But thanks for listening, Dennis Hernandez. And um, I really appreciate it. Moving on to this weekend's action in the Members Cup. The New York Cosmos will host the Milwaukee Torrent August 17th, 7 p.m. at Mitchell Athletic Complex. So go buy your tickets and support the boys in green. I'm going to go with a New York Cosmos 2-1 victory. I think the Cosmos are going to continue their winning ways in the Members' Cup. I think the Torrent will put on some pressure because they're playing the New York Cosmos in New York, in Long Island. I think uh, the Cosmos will come out on top ultimately because they have the home crowd on their side. And I think the Cosmos will get the job done and get the three points. So I'm going to go with a 2-1 New York Cosmos victory over the Torrent. So let's move on to NPSL, like behind the scenes, off the field. Dennis Crowley tweeted on August 11th. You can follow him at Dens on Twitter. He says, in route to New Orleans uh, for NPSL soccer board retreat, send any thoughts and feedback you think the board of directors needs to hear. So I'm going to read out a couple of comments that were below his tweet. You have Benito at um, Benito. He says, 
every MPSL owner to agree on making the league better, how to improve the league, stream games on YouTube, Mike Jury doesn't work, Founders Cup 2020 with top two teams from every MPSL region. Instead of paying 25k a year to the league, just pay 5k a year. So someone said, James said, identify existing amateur leagues and discuss ways to work together. A lot of fans came in with um with their uh, feedback, but I think the most important thing is that the MPSL feels like a very innovative league, and it feels like there's young minds involved, which I think is a good thing, and experienced people as well. But I feel like they're trying to do everything right. What I mean by that is they have a classic season, which they should just call a summer season, right? It's just a summer season. And there's nothing wrong with that. Because in the current environment in U.S. soccer, right, on the field, in U.S. soccer, most of those clubs can't play in professional soccer sanctioned by the U.S. Soccer Federation. Because they're owners and they're in certain markets that don't qualify to be a professional team in U.S. soccer. So most of the clubs in the MPSL Classic season possibly can never make it to U.S. soccer and play NISA or play in USL. We have to keep that in mind. Dennis, he did mention this. I think the MPSL are lacking one massive thing or two things, really. It's massive sponsorships and it's streaming. Or some sort of TV deal. Whatever they think is easier or uh, much better to have, in my opinion. I think streaming is cool because it's a national league. More people can see it across the country and there's no blackout. Say you're watching a certain game in a market. uh, Maybe there's a blackout because it's being shown on another network or something like that. Um, So Dennis Crowley, he tweeted, um, By the way, to be clear, he drove the partnership with Mike Kajui. Uh, with the league, so it's my job to fix it. YouTube and Facebook were fine solutions for each club, but the vision is to try to get all matches under one roof and create a red zone esque experience for fans on MPSL.com. And if you don't know about the red zone, the NFL red zone, basically what it was, I think it was a pay per view, like you had to pay extra for this channel for the season. Every time the ball, the football, the American football, was on the 20-yard line in the red zone near the end zone to score a touchdown, they would go to that game. So that's how that would work on the NFL side. So I guess Dennis wanted to start something like that on Mike Jewy with the MPSL, where you can go on MPSL.com and you can, I guess, view every single game or have the opportunity to do that, which I think is cool because you have, what, over 90 teams, maybe close to 100 clubs? And the problem with the MPSL is that they sell it as a national league, but there's not that much national exposure. It's just regional exposure or maybe just local exposure at the very least for some teams and certain conferences and things like that. So I think the MPSL, and that's probably why they're not getting bigger sponsorships, because why would they get it if there's not that many eyeballs watching it? I'm not knocking the league, right? The league serves a purpose. Like I was saying earlier, the summer season serves a purpose. For players that are in college and want to play and stay fit in the summer, have a chance to stay competitive, play competitive soccer against other competitive teams, against other college players, or maybe professional players, with decent coaches, right? So... There is a purpose, but then there are clubs from there that want to join a higher league and maybe can't join NISA. I don't know how Chattanooga has the money to join NISA eventually, 
there was rumors Chattanooga, Detroit City FC might want to join these professional leagues sanctioned by the U.S. Soccer Federation. But the weird one for me on that one is that I thought Detroit City FC's whole motto was not joining those leagues, not joining U.S. soccer or the the professional system. I really thought that was the whole selling point for Detroit City FC was creating something that's cool, that's grassroots, that's not going to be too big. It's not going to be Major League Soccer. They're probably not going to build a, I don't know, a 30,000-seat stadium. You know what I mean? And there's nothing wrong with that. Detroit CFC has a great following. Yeah, they're not playing that many matches because they're playing in the classic season. But I really think that they can extend their season maybe next season instead of joining NISA. They can play in this full MPSL semi-pro season and still stick to their roots instead of becoming something much bigger that they're not. And I think that's the weird part about these clubs is that these clubs get really big. And that's a great thing because then I think more people want to join the MPSL and they want to be like Detroit City FC. They want to be like Chattanooga and they want to eventually get to that point and join a professional league one day. But I just think it's shocking on that point where we should probably get a Chattanooga fan or a Detroit City FC fan on the show um, to discuss um, behind the scenes a bit more and and the thought process behind their fans because I think Detroit City FC as a club, as a fan base, it looks really fun, right, to be a part of that. But do they want something bigger? I just think the whole point about that is they probably want to play more meaningful games and their owners want to play a longer season and have more dates at their home venue. I guess that's the most important thing. So Dennis Crowley, he went on to tweet 22 hours ago, leaving New Orleans at the MPSL soccer board retreat as excited and optimistic as ever about the future of our league. 2019 has had some drama, but the league is full of new ideas and openness to new approaches to old school challenges. Good things ahead. Big things ahead. Stay tuned. And what I thought was very interesting was you had this uh, Twitter account. It was at J underscore Kaylee tweeted at Dennis Crowley. On a scale of 0 to 10, can you say how much uh, working in coordination with a new pro league? So he didn't really um, talk too openly about that. He said, sorry, can't comment on specifics about anything. So he really can't talk about it, which is sad, I guess. But I, I did see Dennis Crowley eventually he talked about Founders Cup. Someone tweeted at Dennis and said, these type of tweets seems cut and paste yearly. So on an annual basis, they feel like a tease. And they're the same type of tweets, right? They are that like, oh, big things are coming next season or whenever, right? Big things are coming to the MPSL. And then Dennis Crowley tweeted, I was thinking that as I was typing it, but I really do feel like we've lived a thousand lives between 2018 retreat in New York City and 2019 retreat in New Orleans. Different board members, Founders Cup slash Members Cup, data from streaming platform, Data from minimum standards, fines, etc. Whatever that last part means. I'm not sure about that one. I guess he's right that there's different people behind the scenes at the moment within the MPSL. I really hope that the big changes are as great for the league as, I guess, is hyped at the moment. Uh, Because when you have one of the board members coming on Twitter, right? And I know this is an amateur league. But when you have a board member coming on Twitter saying... 
good things ahead, big things ahead, stay tuned, I think he really makes a lot of fans excited or just interested in what the news might be. And there could be tons of speculation. Is it about streaming? Is it a sponsorship deal? Is there more teams? Is it a longer season? And I think if I was in charge of the MPSL, what I would do... I know a lot of people would want promotion relegation, and Cardick said that with the Founders Cup and the Members Cup, the classic season clubs thought that that was going to be a structure for promotion relegation, which at first I thought that was shocking, because why would they think that when they bought into something that was not a low barrier of entry or that wasn't pro-rel, they had to pay twenty grand to join it? So and five thousand every single year. So th- this is not a league, right? And we have to get this straight that the MPSL. I'm not bashing them, but it's not a league for a state league team to join. I know a lot of people might say, "Well, yeah, well that club can build up their fan base and get more resources and get investors," but to pay twenty grand to join a league and to play a summer season, let's say it's ten games, and then there's more costs associated with this league. I think in the rules. For the MPSL, I think after every single game, both clubs have to pay and buy food. I think it's pizza for both teams. Pizza has to be bought or some sort of food and drink has to be bought by the home team. You have to pay for refs as well. And I think there's like this uh, combine in Florida, I believe it's held by the MPSL and Major League Soccer Scouts are there. So that club that is sending players to that combine has to cover travel to Florida or wherever they're holding that event. I just think in U.S. soccer, and I think the most important thing for the MPSL, in my opinion, should be to lower the barrier of entry. So clubs from any level, right? So from the state league level, from city leagues, whatever. But if they are a competitive club and they're professionalized somewhat behind the scenes and they have their stuff together, they could possibly join MPSL. The idea of Nisa sounds cool. It's very exciting. But it's so unprofessional on social media, on their website. It's very, very, very unprofessional. And when fans were tweeting at Nisa and saying, when are you going to release your schedule? When are you going to release this or that, your website? When are players going to be signed? What markets are you going to be in? And they released that, and that was okay. But now you have individual clubs tweeting It just doesn't look nice. The main thing is Philadelphia Fury. Their structure or their presence doesn't look professional. And they're signing professional players. Or they're signing players that will be professional players playing in a professional league. And as a fan of the Cosmos, I don't know if I would like them to join NISA. Because it's just a work in progress. I guess that's how we should put it. Is that NISA is a work in progress. It's a brand new league. And we should wait and see how it goes, how the teams play on the field, is it competitive? And I guess the most important thing is off the field. How many people are in the stands? I think Philadelphia Fury, I think they want over $300 for season tickets. And I think they're only hosting seven home games or something like that. So I think it should be really interesting. It will definitely be interesting to see how many they get in particular because they're in a market with the Philadelphia Union. If the Philadelphia Union, the Philadelphia Fury, it should be very interesting on that front. And we will keep you updated here on First Team Podcast. I just want to end on this point. 
I don't know if you guys watch Major League Soccer. I know I don't, for sure. I don't watch Major League Soccer on Fox or ESPN, whatever channel they're on. But I do occasionally see these clips, right? I see these clips on social media by Fox Soccer, by ESPN, of Alexi Lawless or Taylor Twelman go on these rants. I think rants serve a purpose. If you're actually angry and you're actually upset by something and you're passionate and you're very interested in that topic, that's one thing. And I think you're entitled to your rant. Alexi Lalas and Taylor Twelman, I will sort of put it out there that they're entitled to their own opinion and they're entitled to have their rant and have their anger towards whatever. I feel like it's staged. It's staged 100% every single time. They put on the cameras. They're live. You have the the play-by-play guy going, Alexi Lawless, what do you think about Zlatan Ibrahimovic? What do you think about this? What do you think about U.S. soccer? What do you think about promotional relegation? And they go on these rants. And yet they're being paid to talk about whatever. That They're being paid to talk about soccer, talk about the state of the game. But from my point of view, I look at Alexi Lalas, or I used to look at him as a former player, that should have a sense of knowledge about what's going on within the game and shouldn't uh, care what Major League Soccer says. He shouldn't be a mouthpiece for Major League Soccer. That's what I'm trying to say. Alexi Lalas, Taylor Twelman, shouldn't be a mouthpiece for Major League Soccer, shouldn't be a mouthpiece, shouldn't be a spokesperson, um, unofficial spokesperson for um, the Federation. But that's what we see every single time they're live on TV or you see these clips on social media, on Twitter. You had Zlatan, who of course plays for LA Galaxy of Major League Soccer. He came out and said something like, the the regular season doesn't matter um, because you make the playoffs. People don't even take the regular season seriously and they make the playoffs. And that's all that matters really is the playoffs, not the regular season. Um, and he has a point, right? In Europe, every game matters because there's no postseason. There's no playoffs. And yeah, that's the difference between uh, Europe and American sports. So Alexi Lalas goes on to talk about, well, Zlatan, you didn't make the playoffs last year, so it's not easy. He said, make the playoffs, my friend. And this is what Lalas is saying. Make the playoffs, my friend. Go win MLS Cup and then complain all you want. I think Alexi Lalas has a small point to this one, is that he's being paid by Major League Soccer to play in their league, and then Zlatan is complaining about their league, but he chose that league, so I don't know if he actually understood the model, understood the structure, but then Zlatan has a point that games in Major League Soccer, they don't mean anything, right? They 100% don't mean anything. At some point in the NASL, some games didn't mean that much there either even in the mpsl games don't mean that much so i don't think it's just a major league soccer problem or a structure problem i just think that in u.s soccer everyone's playing for their league championship and there's no ultimate prize there's no ultimate success and excitement there's no promotion relegation there's no top flight football for a lower division club there's no prize money for a league champion in in the lower divisions or in the top flight there's no access to the champions league um just in a closed structure in major league soccer or if you win the u.s open cup so i think zlatan has a point but um it's weird how major league soccer treats 
Zlatan is that he doesn't get fined. He's getting paid so much money. He talks a lot of um, garbage, a lot of trash about Major League Soccer. And um, he gets away with it, which I guess is cool um, for people that want to see change. I feel like the people that like Major League Soccer and like the U.S. Soccer Federation, they're going to look at Zlatan like the way Alexi Lalas is observing the situation. He's saying, well, why are you complaining about this league when you chose it? You're being paid by Major League Soccer, so you can only talk when you win a championship, when you win the playoffs. But then you're going to have fans on one hand saying, well, Zlatan's right. These games don't make sense. They don't mean anything. The whole structure sucks basically so i'm gonna leave you with that one if you want to email the show at any point you can and want to uh, join the discussion you can email the show at firstteampod at gmail.com and i will read out your email on next week's episode thanks for tuning into this week's episode i really appreciate it you can follow first team podcast on twitter and on facebook at first team pod check out our website firstteampod.com and hopefully the Cosmos can get the three points in uh, the first home match of the Members' Cup, which should be very interesting. And um, I believe the games, all games in the Members' Cup will be streamed. And the first match was streamed at Chattanooga. But um, it should be very interesting about the streaming um, at uh, Mitchell Athletic Complex and with the Cosmos hosting the Torrent. So we will keep you updated on that one if you are out of town or if you just can't make it to the match on August 17th at 7 p.m. at Mitchell Athletic Complex. So I want to wish the boys best of luck, get the three points, win the second match in the Members' Cup, and let's keep the winning uh, streak alive. Let's call it that. Let's keep the winning going in the Members' Cup. So thanks for tuning into this week's episode. I really appreciate it. And as always, let's go New York Cosmos. Yeah, just want to give a shout out to the five points. Borough boys of Benadel Cosmos and the Cross Island yeah. crew. Uh, uh, yeah, it's New York Street and White. What we believe you see in fight. Indeed, it seems to be achieving. See, we do and did it right. Cosmo country loving, we above them. I'm just saying. All those lovely songs come and see it and I'm playing. The fact of it's rap from tear attacks, hash and bliss. Reacts tap we win. So fast, racking them in. Whether it's stack the wing, holding back to the through the mid, cutting the seams. It seems we see anything to be. We got a ball and a dream. Got a ball and a dream. We do. I'm new, it's true. Fancy crew. Down for you, no doubt they do. Surrounding you with bad views. Like Without the cues allowed to you without the dudes. Around my crews, I'll check the desk, no excuse. Each session a lesson, it's not about perfection. The work's the test, and F's connected like a method. Not breathless at the training, something's gotta be corrected. Rushing and acceleration at the start's the most suggested. Infected with greatness, potential is spacious. Out the world, just face it. The work becomes contagious. Some may say we made it, but now we've just begun. Sorry if you hate it, because I can tell you that I'm far from done.